Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old, old fanfiction from the Sengoku era and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2023. My name is Amato, he, him, and with me are... Tori, they, them. And Della, she, her. You know, Amato, not that you've said that, you actually have to dig up fanfiction from the Sengoku era. Yeah, I was like, I was really (laughs) wondering if there was such a thing, honestly. I, I feel like there's gotta be. But I don't know yeah. if it's existent. But then again, you know, before the printing press, okay. like, it, it must have been harder, right? But not oh, yeah. impossible. 15th century. <laughs> What's that? Uh, yeah, 16th century. 16th century. Well, there the printing press was invented in the 16th century. But I don't think it was in use in Japan. Probably not. Um, does, does, it, does it count as from the Sengoku era if it's like from, you know, the Sengoku era, but, you know, in England or something? That's a really excellent question. (laughs) Unless, no, I think maybe not. Like, not unless it was actually exported and being used. Because, like, you know, you wouldn't say that, like, well, it was Tudor England, right? Or Elizabeth. I don't don't know. I was was more wondering what they make fan fiction about. Like, what was the big literary works back then? I mean, popular plays, probably. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm too... I don't remember my history of Japanese theater. Kabuki would have come a little later, but like, I don't know. Hmm. You know, No would have been around. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's great. Well, Everyone but... loves watching No. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be down on No. Um, <laughs> you, you know what no, one of my favorite no. random Japanese theater facts is? What's that? <laughs> Do you know why modern ninjas in media would dress in black? Is that based on Bunraku? Yeah. It's, um, oh. the... the the Japanese play form where they have people dressed as black moving things around like a black background. Yeah, that, that, just, that's Bunraku, yeah. yeah. But there, there was a there was a play uh-huh. where there was a, a killer moving around and nobody could find who it was. And at the end of the play, one of the shadow people was revealed to be the murderer. That's amazing. Oh, that is actually super dope. <laughs> it's so meta. I love it. But, yeah. but that's the reason, because all those play stagehands were dressed in black, so that's why ninjas were dressed in black. That's great, yeah, because okay, I know, but- I know, like, historically speaking, like, ninjas were basically spies, and the one thing spies definitely do not do is dress in a costume. Dress distinctively. Right. <laughs> that's actually a really good point. I was like, in my mind, I was like, oh, it makes sense, they're sneaking around at night. No. But no, yeah, yeah that's probably not what they were actually they're, doing. They're also sneaking around during the day. <laughs> yes, you're right, you're right. That makes a lot of sense. But yeah. Uh, yeah, Inuyasha has fewer ninjas than one might expect, actually. But, um, I mean, it's got one good ninja, right? That's about it. Mm-hmm. That's all you need, yeah. really. <laughs> you get more than that, it starts being, uh, you know, overcrowded. Right. Our, 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 then our, it's Naruto. Yeah. Our component of, like, a ninja, a Buddhist monk, a, you know, Shinto-associated Miko-type person, mm-hmm. some kind of demon. Actually, it's weird there's no samurai in their group. Like, you'd think there wait, would be wait, one. Wait, wait, Inuyasha's got a sword he's got a sword yeah that doesn't make him a samurai he's not a samurai you're right but he wears sort of a hakama yeah pants, yeah okay right? he, he, like, you're right he slots he into the samurai of, role i mean i know he's supposed to be more of a well actually, what's his name his older brother sashomaru is that his name yeah also has the big sword stuff they do sword things they do sword yeah things. yeah no one's like distinctly a samurai but like you could call sashomaru and inuyasha Samurai, in like a very loose way. Yeah, it yeah, occurs to me that yeah. uh, if you count if you count the priest guy as the wizard slot, which I do, <laughs> then you've got a full four person D and D party of like fighter, you know, magic user, cleric, thief, and then you also have a little fox. 
maybe sometimes a mosquito man around. <laughs> yeah. Party mascot. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about Inuyasha today. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Never would have guessed. Now, Inuyasha is one of those series where occasionally I remember it existed. <laughs> like... I will go for years forgetting that Inuyasha was no. even a thing. Mm-hmm. I know. And like, here's the thing. I, I never read much of the manga, but like, I remember watching the anime when it aired on TV. I think it was, it didn't get to the end of the series when they aired it. But like, I remembered the ending theme. Like I, but I don't remember. I remember the premise. But I remember none of the plot. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I was a big Rumiko Takahashi fan. Mm-hmm. Like Ranma for egg reasons and stuff, right? And I remember uh, Inuyasha coming out um, in manga, and so I I read a little bit when it came out, mm. and it wasn't interesting. <laughs> I have a very distinct memory of being on a seventh grade field trip on a bus, and my friend had a bunch of the Inuyasha manga that mm. they brought with them, and I read a ton of it on the like that was all I did on the bus trip. Still don't remember the plot, you know. It was seventh grade. It's fine. <laughs> My what I remember is like Inuyasha was coming out and I was like, whoa, it's like a new big work by Takahashi. Weird. Mm-hmm. Because like if you know, for most of my young anime fandom, like Ranma had mm-hmm. still been going in the background and then it was all like translated and like it was all translated, it was done. Anyway, Inuyasha came out. I started watching the anime. I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. I can get behind this. We kind of got some like episodic, like, you know, ancient Japan type stuff. And I think I reached the point where like they had almost gathered the Shiko and Notama and then it got shattered again. And I was like, wait. Which time? Yeah, like what? <laughs> the, the, the first time. Okay. And, and then I then I I'm afraid it lost me. Yeah, at, at that point, um it was a few years after, I think. It was uh I was working the, the night shift. I didn't watch Inuyasha as much as when I got home at two or three in the morning, I would put it on in the background while I played World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember hearing the, the ending songs, meaning, oh shit, I got, gotta go to bed. <laughs> oh, right, because it would have been dubbed. I was like, how do you put... Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, would have been dubbed when they aired it on... on Toonami. Adult Swim, I think. Yeah, I can't... At that period. <laughs> it was... But, you know, they aired it late at night. It's pretty and, much Toonami. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they had a late night Toonami. I don't even remember. Oh, they did. They definitely did. <laughs> late night Toonami. But, yeah, that was also the same way I watched, like, under, like Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yeah. Where no, I, I must I have been Adult Swim. <laughs> anyway, doesn't matter. The main oh. thing is that Inuyasha starts out very interesting and I think gets very episodic and repetitive yeah. is what I'm picking up. So which also means I've watched random episodes at random points in the series. Yeah, I, I don't think I've watched anything from later in the series at all, but I must have read some manga sometime. I could basically follow this fanfic once I just kind of looked up what happened at the end of the series. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, but you know, that's what isn't what happens at the end of the series is like Inuyasha and Kagome get married. Is that what happens? Or is that the second? There was a. There was like a follow. That was must have been the reboot series. Oh. Mm. There was like a follow up. I don't know if it was an OVA. I was just looking at Wikipedia. Don't. Yeah. I, yeah. I just I uh, I know that there's like a a second series in that where Kagome is eighteen, but maybe that came uh, out after this author. I guess what I really meant was I looked up I what know. the deal was with Kikio because I was like, oh, she's back because I thought oh, the yeah, point yeah, was yeah. that she is dead and that you know Kagome is her reincarnation, which is true, but like. Oh, no, she came no, back she comes earlier. Back relatively early in the yeah. series. Okay. Yeah, she's, she's like forgot. a reoccurring villain, <laughs> right? Uh, oh, by the way, one more Inuyasha thing is that apparently it was pretty popular. Mm-hmm. I remember going to a 
panel with I'm pretty sure Akitaro Daichi at like Sakura-Kan. I'm mm-hmm. looking up online probably 2004. That's an anime director who did Kodocha among other things. Mm-hmm. Um, also Fruits Basket, he's, you know, directed yeah. some stuff. Anyway, I think he was saying, if I remember right, his daughter got into archery because of Inuyasha. And I think it had that effect in the same way that like Hikaru no mm. Go suddenly made a whole lot of kids start playing <laughs> Go. It, Inuyasha made a whole lot of young Japanese girls take up archery. That's so cool. that's cool. Yeah. 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 But no, Inuyasha was super fucking popular. Say super again. <laughs> super. <laughs> I was trying to, it, it sounded a little bit like German. Now I can't cut around it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> But it was very popular, apparently in Japan, but definitely in in America, where it was kind of like the anime for a while. Mm, yeah. Where, like, um, my mom bought me a anime wall scroll one point as a present. Mm-hmm. <gasps> I forgot about those. Right. I always, always wanted them, but they're my folks that they were too expensive. But, like, because they she, were. She never knew about anime or anything. Like, she was like, I got the one with the cool. Guy holding the cool sword. It was in Inuyasha. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. The anime with the guy holding the cool sword. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, thanks. This isn't horrible. Oh, I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> okay. I did really like, okay, I was never like, I guess, super into the series, though I read a bunch of the manga and watched it. But like, what I was into was the idea of the character of Inuyasha. Because I have always liked dogs. You know me. <laughs> Love dogs. I mean, it was more wolves at the time, but I was like, dog, demon boy, that's adorable. Yeah, was, but then you watch the character and you're like, he's annoying. Kind of, yeah, he's kind yeah. of obnoxious. So I think yeah. that was kind of what let me down about the character. Character design, really cute. Actual character. Mm. It, it felt like a little bit of an attempt to follow up on the success of Ranma. But what makes Ranma work as a character is that he's kind of an arrogant jerk and gets routinely punished for it. Yeah. And Inuyasha, you just kind of have to like hang out with him. Right. 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 And then Kagome, who's actually like a pretty cool person, has to deal with all this shit. But then again, she does get to command him via the uh, prayer beads to like do things like sit and stay. But I think that also made me a little bit uncomfortable because it feels like, you know, no matter how much of a jerk he is, like that's taking away his autonomy. It was very much against his will. Yeah. Like, and not in a funny way. Like, he hated it. And that's yeah. what that was uncomfortable too. <laughs> I think okay. they were clearly they were like you're right, Amato was like trying to do kind of a a Ranma thing, but it just kind of maybe it went too far. Well, it was like I don't Ranma know. was crazy character design and stuff, and this was kind of that without any of the uh, conceit of like being in the modern world at all. It was just kind of going as blank page, as blue sky as possible, and we got all those characters together. It went every direction and no direction <laughs> yeah the okay. setting always seemed kind of sketched out it's yeah. like yeah it's sengoku japan so we can do whatever we want but like yeah i don't but know technically it's it, the it past. wasn't it wasn't quite grounded yeah well uh, uh, people have commented on this yeah, i was, sure 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 on, it's i was just looking yeah I, I was just look no what i mean is i was just looking this up and people there's like a whole strings of reddit saying why does nothing they do in the past affect the present <laughs> Well, it's got to be the kind of time travel where everything that happened in the past already, already happened yeah, when Kagome yeah. was born. Would have been funny sure. if they're in the past and like killed a bandit and like someone knew Kagome, somebody Kagome knew, knew in the present, like faded out or didn't exist. So or we're something. talking about Inuyasha Back to the Future crossover, right? Yes, we are. And then Doc needs to swoop in and they use the DeLorean. Yes, let's do it. 
Okay. <laughs> I respect that. I mean, but again, that, that that's a difference in like yeah. the ways that continuity works right, in right. these two universes. But, like, but also how the group worked was a bit um wasn't like congealed too much. Cause like in the Ranma universe, everything was centered around Ranma. So right. all the characters were like Ranma out. Mm-hmm. This does feel like a DD party with four completely different characters with four they all have their backstories completely disparate backstories yeah where where, like the the dm would just shift focus from one to the other where like that backstory is most important no this one's more most important right and like the other characters didn't have to care about what was going on yeah yeah (laughs) okay well well well, look we need to get into the fanfic okay and the thing about this fanfic is that it's very focused on what it's concerned about also i liked it if that's you know, oh. if that's not too early a summary, I, I I didn't read it. Okay, I I tried to read it. I couldn't get past first the first few paragraphs. It was extremely well written. I thought it was I, very well written and very poignant. However, it yeah. starts off so socially awkward. It's amazing because <laughs> okay, the, the premise of this fanfic is that it's called Rebound. This is by Christine Beatty. This is an Inuyasha fanfic that was published on Fanfiction.net in October two thousand and twelve. Um, it's. It's technically in four chapters, but it does not feel like it was written in four chapters no, in the slightest. No, it's technically in three chapters. Oh, three chapters in an epilogue. the fourth one is, yeah, the epilogues. So. Um, and so clearly the author wrote it, and then there must just be like a word limit on fanfiction.net or something. That's what it felt oh, like. Oh, yeah. You know, for how long a single chapter could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess that's... Well, actually, no. That doesn't make sense. So we've read some long chapters at, on fanfiction.net. No? Okay, well, I don't know. <laughs> It it was published between October 11th and October 15th, so it's not like it was serialized. It was, you know, basically yeah. put up all at once. I mm. do feel like the breaks are natural, but like, yeah, they probably had to pick those breaks. Yeah, yeah. yeah to find the best spot to break it, yeah. Anyway, we start off with Kagome in the present, but this is the future of the present, right? It's like 20 years after the series, right? Is that the, do I have the right number yeah, there? Exactly, yeah, yeah. 20. Uh, about 20 she says it's been 20 years but that could be approximate but yeah about that and kagome has become a doctor like she's a professional doctor and she's also been in a long-term cohabitation like romantic relationship with this guy for like the past like 12 years or something is is that the right number 12 or 15 like a long time well, were we supposed to know who that guy was but i way? don't was think he so the series is, is he from, from the, the series? series okay i i think here's the thing there's a character in the series named Hojo who is okay, that's one him. of Kagome's like love interests. He's just okay, like that's another him, yeah. high schooler. What confused me is she calls him in this Hojo Junsei. And I think she just means like, she also refers to him as Mr. Perfect. But at first second, I thought Junsei was his last name. And I was like, there's no character named Hojo Junsei. There's a character named Hojo something else. But no, I think it looks that's like he's only nickname. called Hojo. So they gave him a name, a okay. first name. Hojo would be his last name. Oh. Okay, so here he is. Look at this generic-ass-looking guy. Oh, Like, that is a dude in an anime. All right. That's how to draw anime 101, yeah. Uh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so he's a character from the anime. That's who she's been with for, like, the last 12 years or whatever, after, you know, kind of on and off again stuff in high school or whatever. And he's just breaking up with her at the start of the series to be with another woman who he met at his like office job mm-hmm. or whatever yeah and and so yeah they were he and kagome never married because they didn't think it was important that's something that's like revealed later but like she also mentions just like oh maybe i wanted to kind of have like the freedom Inuyasha, to break away yeah. if like something came up like you know 
being able to travel back to Sengoku, Japan or whatever. <laughs> and maybe he was too, because he eventually like broke it off for another relationship. Um, but they're like trying to keep this this breakup cordial and like friendly, but that also means like she even goes to the wedding and such. And the whole first part of the fanfic is like her being kind of emotionally off balance, depressed and or like just really I don't know, in a yeah. weird place. Okay, now here's the thing. Like, it reads very, like, beginning of our rom-com uh -huh. in terms of her behavior. She right. goes to the wedding of her ex that she was with for, like, <laughs> yeah, like, over a decade, mm -hmm. who is just getting married. Like, it's, what, but maybe a year he's with this new woman, and he's marrying her, and she's just, like, feeling all the feels. Like, oh, my God, why did I lose this guy? And and also, they seem actually happy together. They seem right. happy. <laughs> I, I kind of hate him, but I also love him. And she seems really nice, and she looks beautiful, but I also can't stop thinking about how much I hate her, too, because they're happy. Um, and she gets really, really drunk. <laughs> There's a lot of great bits in there. You're right that it's like the start of a romantic comedy movie that's i wasn't thinking in those terms but it's like this is the sort of like vulnerability and emotional pain but in a quirky way that you might mm -hmm. be doing at the start of a rom-com in order to like you know establish the character and endear them to the audience but in the midst of that there's pieces of really cool writing i mean that, yeah it's that really well written it's yeah. really well written and so for example the first line of the fanfic is one morning, the sweet, goofy boy who had once told her he could never love any other girl looked at her from the face of a grown-up man and said, I have to tell you, there's a woman at work, a young woman in the office. Like, that's a good line. But what I like even more is that later on, she calls back to it by referring to him, like mm -hmm. she's looking at him, like as he's helping her to the car drunk or whatever, as the man who had killed, killed and eaten, eaten the corpse of the boy who had once told her <laughs> yes. that he could never love another woman. That, that's funny. That, that's like such <laughs> I wrote a that down too, that's such yeah. a great line <laughs> yeah. because it, it's not it not only reveals that like oh now she's looking at him as a different person from the person who she was in the relationship with like oh he's changed without her noticing it and also it's hilarious. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and like dark. <laughs> and it, well, it is, but it yeah, and she's yeah she's like really wasted, and this is also a situation where. She can't she can't stop thinking about how nice they're being to her, even though she's so upset with the situation because the you know, um him and his I don't know if his bride uh, Mio, yeah, his bride is Mio. Hojo and Mio are are helping her to the car, even though she's the ex who got drunk at the <laughs> wedding and she's having that self-reflection too that's like not very nice to herself. But um I also love that, yeah, killed Neat and the boy who said he could never love anyone but her. But this is also something that comes up later when, because she said she could never love anyone but Inuyasha. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really funny because obviously she loved Hojo right, after right. that. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a very interesting setup for this where um, she quotes some Japanese person somewhere saying that like, or, or I don't know, some practice about repairing pottery. I, I don't know. What is it? Like in Japan, like oh, the, oh, the, the gold thing, the gold thing, right? Mm. Where it's like, oh, because broken things are more beautiful. And so it, she, she kind of put, she kind of. We're, we're, we're referencing the practice of repairing pottery with gold um, glue yeah. or something. So the pot's back together, but it has like gold lines. Like actual To gold, highlight yeah. the damage um, that it's sustained. Yeah. 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 Kintsugi, which is, yeah, it's. 
it's weird the way they put it, though. Like, they used it as kind of like a reference to, like, someone said, this is a Japanese practice, like, Jap- the Japanese repair pottery. Mm-hmm. The way they said it was odd, but um, it is definitely a style of... Um, pottery repair and it, that's even a thing it is it, a thing. It's the a author thing. the author brings it up as a metaphor for like she put her characters through like a couple decades of experiences many of which were painful mm. before setting this fanfic and trying to pair them up and get together if that's you know not too much of a spoiler already um uh, it's obvious that's where it was going but it was hard for me to go through that much initial pain <laughs> the other other moments early in the fanfic, I like that there's this moment where she's talking to a friend of the groom at the wedding and he's like, oh, how do you know, you know, the groom? And she's or whatever. I don't know. He, he realizes that that you must be the ex. And first she's hurt like, oh, I'm the ex. She was the ex, the ex lover of Hojo Junsei, the ex lady Kagome, ex companion of Inuyasha that seeks the Shiko Notama. Because one of the things that has driven her to be a doctor is like she wants to do something important because she had like about 10 months of her life where she was like saving the world and like kicking ass and like doing like super amazing heroic stuff. She's also an ER doctor. Right. Yeah. That's what she was drawn towards is like the the high tension, high stakes, like life saving kind of stuff. Absolutely. But anyway, with this friend of the groom, then she starts flirting with him because she's she's kind of drunk or whatever. Kind of. That's not interested in him. No, no, she's flirting. She's not necessarily interested with him, but she's flirting with him. Um, I'm not an ex anything, she said. I'm a board certified emergency medicine physician. She batted her lashes and a damned good one, she added. She leaned over so the neckline of her little black dress would gape open a bit. The friend of the groom turned pink. He was not a man in front of whom many little black dresses had gaped. But then, um, but then Kagome notices her ex and his new wife looking over at them, whispering and smiling. She's like, oh, shit, they put me next to this guy, hoping that we would hit it off. And like, now I'm just like playing into my ex's hands here by like getting like flirting with this guy. And anyway, it's it's all these weird emotions. Yeah. Well, and I think there's an implication that because of the way she describes him, you know, he's like just something about being short and, and balding, which obviously like aren't negative traits. But like she didn't seem like she was initially interested in this person, I guess. So I feel like she was just it's unclear why she was flirting because she wasn't interested. But I think that's another element there is that like she it's another reason to hate the situation she's been put in, right? Right. Yeah. She was just kind of doing it as a power move, I think. Yeah, I think, I think so. so. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, so yeah, the, I, I feel like the first part's well-written. It's also very, like, very awkward. It's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then, um, you know, she gets drunkenly put into a cab. And, and her ex sends her back to her mom's house because getting up the stairs at her apartment and such would have been, like, a thing. And, you know, he knows that, like, he sometimes, she sometimes, you know, like, her, her mom's still in the area, right? Like, they're still living in Tokyo or whatever. Uh, yeah, I also think her mom's house was closer. Or, Something like, like that. There's there were... some justification. Doesn't matter. There's a reason to go back to the well. Right. And she tries the well again after some, like, psyching herself up because she used to try the well repeatedly. <laughs> like, you know, when she was young, she jumped down the well, like, on the regular to see if it worked. And it never worked. I mean, you'd have to try it, though. <laughs> <laughs> and it occurs to me, the way this fanfic is set up, it's very like 
that Narnia fanfic we read or, you know, the um, the Wayward Children series or something. This is a ex-child in a magic world stuck back in their original world story is, is what this is. It is. <laughs> and I had never quite thought of Inuyasha as a portal fantasy in that same genre, but it is. And I even remember in the series, the portal sometimes working and sometimes not working, doesn't it? Like, it's kind of yeah. a thing that like she's yeah. she sometimes has this magic world of the past accessible and sometimes she doesn't. And in this fanfic, it's one where it's been locked off to her for decades. And like, that's the kind of story that we're looking at here. It is. And and also like amplified by the fact that she was in love with Inuyasha and he essentially decided to be with Kikyo, which yeah, is Yeah, we eventually get that backstory. Yeah, well, that- we kind of... Is that something from this? No, that's not something from the series. He and Kagome eventually get married. But yeah, now we get a backstory that like Inuyasha's Kikyo is cured of her demonic possession or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And Inuyasha and Kikyo decided to be together. And the fact that Kikyo and Kagome are in some sense the same person is never really brought up in this fanfic. And for good reason, because that's not that doesn't really change anyone's life experiences in any way. Right? Like, she's supposed to be the reincarnation, but whatever. What does that mean? I don't know no if it's brought knows. up in the series that much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so either. It's yeah. just like a dramatic tension, but I don't think they talk about the logistics of it. <laughs> it. I think it's there, like, early in the series kind of justify why it might be her. Yeah, yeah. Pulled back into the past, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it, though. <laughs> yeah. If I recall in this series, it's more like, oh, yeah, she's the reincarnation of this important priestess. And then it's like, oh, we find out that priestess was actually in love with Inuyasha right. instead of just imprisoning him, mm-hmm. right? And that's like all that twist. And then they forget to bring it back to the fact that Kagome is now the reincarnation of his love rather than just the person who imprisoned him, right? You know what? Inuyasha is a good short story. <laughs> 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 it's got some fun, fun premises right at the beginning. Yeah, it does. kind of wrapped it up there that would be something mm-hmm. as opposed to the D&D adventuring party afterwards. <laughs> But yeah, the summary is that they managed to return, regain the jewel. They um, they cure uh, Kikyo with like very well-worded wishes because they're like, this is a monkey's paw thing. We got to like do this real careful. Mm-hmm. And what they end up wishing for is that like everybody would be able to like return to the life that they or like continue the life that they led if it hadn't been disrupted by like whatever like supernatural bullshit yeah you, you, know, you have to get a pretty good read on your dm in order to do that that's thing. right <laughs> <laughs> also i want a better magic sword or, uh, i don't know whatever yeah um and so you, you, you i think you can wish up to a certain value of magic items before the dm is given permission to screw you over in like <laughs> second edition <laughs> Oh, sorry, that's one silver too much. <laughs> Your arms are yellow. Anyway, it works. And mm-hmm. then and then they're in this awkward situation where like Inuyasha even has like this conversation with her. And she feels resentful from the beginning because she's like, she she gets the vibe that he already talked about this with like the priest guy or something beforehand who pointed out that like this was actually an issue and he needs to talk to Kagome and he's like oh okay I need to talk to Kagome and like that's why anyway the point is they've kind of become a thing like they have a romantic connection that is well established or whatever but also he's here with his first love who is now resurrected and maybe has dibs and so he's like uh look 
Um, if you want, like, you can stay behind and I can be with both of you and we'll have to work out what that means. Oh, yeah. And, and like, Kikio kind of has dibs, but like with whatever, like, you know, parameters, like she's okay with setting with, I can be with like both of you all. And she's like, what? No, you're asking me, like, give up my entire life to be like, yeah. like b- back in, you know, modern Japan. It was so funny. Like, I love that you put it as, as uh, Kikio has dibs. Cause that's basically, <laughs> basically what, what he's it was. Saying, yeah, right. He's saying like, <laughs> it's like. I can be with both of you, but Kikio has to decide that first. Right, she right. has to it, give me like, permission. Right, it's like whatever so like, Kikio's cool with. Yeah, and like, what is, yeah. And, and that's kind of like, uh, that's kind of her reaction, right? She's like, what? No. Yeah, <laughs> like, screw that. And he also says something like, I can't marry both of you, but I guess that's because legally or whatever, you couldn't. Spiritually? Spirit? I, I know. know. I don't think the government was. Yeah, I know. I know. Even from the past, was it? Honestly, well, he's human now, by the way, because they interrupted oh, whatever turned yeah, him into a half demon. Right. Okay. Cool. Using the, yeah. He's a magic human from the past. <laughs> Honestly, being a half demon doesn't seem like it was a problem. I don't know. It seemed okay. Yeah. I mean, like, I would prefer. I mean, you, you got dog ears, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> but um, yeah, there was a I don't know. There was a reason that he wanted to be turned human. I guess I don't know. I maybe because humans and yokai age differently, so he oh, wanted yeah, to maybe. like grow old with Kikyo. I don't know. I just chalk it up to Kikyo was turned human again too. I don't know. Yeah, I just chalked it, chalk it up to angst. Yeah. Oh, there's some angst, angst going on. Angst. angst. <laughs> So <laughs> that's my German for you. Terrible. Um, so instead, they say goodbye, and like that's where like they you know they they when they part, she tells Inuyasha, "I'll never love anyone but you," which is of course a callback. And he's like, "I'll think about you every day." <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, that's kind of like saying okay, things, isn't it? <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I like I hear it. I hear it when you say it like that. But like, no, I think it was like a more realistic promise. Yeah, yeah right. right? Yeah. yeah. It's, I'll probably translated stuff. It's just funny to read it like that. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I thought about it at first too. I was like, "Huh," but then I was like, "But no, you know, I, I think that's the being realistic. That's like, the appropriate the thing way. to say yeah. when you are about to get married to this other person. Exactly. Right? <laughs> it's like the best thing you could possibly say to kind of comfort that person and tell them you still love them. I'll only right? love you. I'll think yeah. about that most of the time. <laughs> He said every day. Like, that's not insignificant. Anyway. Uh, that, yeah, uh, that's not as realistic, though. You know? Yeah, Inuyasha. Yeah, okay. Maybe some days you forget, you know? Inuyasha is well, portrayed in this true, fanfic. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, go on. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Inuyasha is portrayed in this fanfic as someone whose, like, manners are still maybe a little bit, like, rough, mm-hmm. but, like, very honor-focused in terms of, like, mm. if he has a commitment, he will fulfill that commitment. And would not, like, give his word lightly. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, like, how he's portrayed. Indeed. Speaking of which, we're going to be meeting him again, because guess what? The well works. Right. Oh, right, right, right. But before we get to the well, there, there's a whole, a big part of the second chapter is just Kagobe being drunk in her mom's house alone because she doesn't even realize at first that her mom went on vacation. <laughs> and the funniest part is there's three cats and in the house, and apparently she and her brother never decided who was who was gonna feed the cats. So she's just like shows up at the house, is like looking for her mom. She does a bunch of stuff, and then eventually she goes to her mom's room and is like, "Mom, I'm sad." And then she's like, "Oh, she's not here. Oh, right, someone has to feed the cat." But you're you're right, Poor Tori. Cats. There's actually a whole <laughs> lot of focus on 
kind of like menial tasks while drunk for quite a <laughs> quite a portion of this fanfic well, and it's actually really interesting because I don't I, and, and she's also trying to psych herself up and like changing her mental space like she finds her old school uniform like she was wearing <laughs> through the old you know series right mm -hmm. and she's like huh uh, what if i showed up wearing my uniform and what would what would he think then and she tries putting it on she's like i do not fit into this she gets stuck in it like yeah because she's like 35 oh no. now she's trying to fit into a 15 year old's high school uniform <laughs> right right and, and it's not just one thing she she gave up and started to pull off the blouse then was seized by panic as she realized she was stuck her bust was larger her midriff was larger her shoulders were wider her arms were rounder she couldn't get out of the shirt and it's just like so relatable to be like what is this trying something off <laughs> Mm -hmm. unwisely that like you kind of know doesn't fit you but you're like it'll work and it doesn't work mm -hmm. yeah i've definitely gotten <laughs> stuck in old for clothing sure. before when i you know like oh this cosplay costume from when i was 10 nope 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 <laughs> um and there's a lot of details about like how she's putting her arms like how one is stuck in front of her bust and what is raised above her head eventually she whether, whether to... it seems going to pop like you yeah yeah <laughs> And it's really well described and it's really funny. Like you can imagine this. Again, I'm gonna go back to the rom com thing. Like yeah. you can definitely imagine this yeah. scene in a rom com. It's that physical comedy. It's like a yeah. it's like mm -hmm. one and a half paragraphs, and the second paragraph is real long too, of this physical comedy of right, her just trying to get out oh. of her uniform. And the cats stare at her, right. judging her the entire time. <laughs> That's right. That's I think good. the cats might be the best part. <laughs> So yeah, eventually she busts out of the uniform, rips at, it apart. At the end, she rips it apart. She sits down on the chair and forces herself not to cry again. <laughs> the little black dress that she was wearing before was crumpled in a pile on the floor. Two of the cats had lost interest and wandered off. The other waited patiently for her to vacate the chair. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine that look. Just a little twitch the tail. Not looking, yeah. but looking. <laughs> and it's the it goes it it sort of the cat narrative continues just a little bit longer and the thing is, is that it's the white cat that stays is that's what's revealed and it's a black dress right so she has to rescue the dress before the cat hops onto the chair and then eventually she uh she shoved the chair with its unyielding cat back against the wall so she just has to move the chair with the cat in i thought the unyielding cat was also quite cute mm -hmm. anyway um, but yeah, then she eventually realizes her mom's out of town. She's like, I'm going to do it. She, it, it, there's all these like little details where like she even writes a note because she's like, okay, wait, what if I jump down the well and break my leg and no one finds me and I die? I probably shouldn't do that. So she even like writes a note it, to it, her mom. It, it, she's all drunk in this part. I mean, she's getting less <laughs> drunk, right? But like. No, she finds more sake at her mom's house. Oh, never mind. She's yeah. She's getting more drunk. <laughs> That, um, <laughs> she even takes the sake with her when she jumps out. <laughs> I'm not okay. talking in order, but the note she writes, Dear Mom, I'm here. I thought I'd stay over. The wedding was lovely. The bride was beautiful. The groom was a lying, cheating, two-timing bastard. She crumpled up the note and started over. <laughs> Dear Mom, I'm here. The wedding was fine, but I thought I might just stay, I might stay here tonight. Just for fun, I thought I'd try the well again, so if I'm not in my old bed, please check the little shrine. Love, Kagome. It's like... I'm just going to try the well, lol. Just, you know, going to try jumping down the well. Just and drunk handwriting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> she goes back in time. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. It, it, the well works. Surprise. So, 
Though, to be fair, this would be a pretty interesting if dark story if the well did not work. And she just she just jumped down, broke both her legs, and or just died like, of starvation. I mean, it didn't break anything, but like well, had to drag herself out. Her mom wasn't actually there. Well, it was just right. super embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that'd be a beat in the rom-com. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you said this happens in chapter two. Um, I mean, actually, this is all chapter one. Tori was mistaken. Oh, oh we I have, was? We haven't yet reached chapter two. Okay. I was wondering about the pacing because there's Sorry only four chapters in this. Three and an epilogue. Three and an epilogue. Three. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I thought um, for some reason that the first part about her uh, breakup went on for longer. But yeah, no. Um, but the thing is, she goes through the well. She's like, yes, like I'm in the past. Awesome. Like, and, you know, she has to work her way like out of the well, like through the forest. She finds the hut that Kaede lived in and it's in like ruins. And she's like, OK, wait, that's I thought Inuyasha and Kyukyo were staying here with like Kaede. So like with the Inuyasha logic, it's like Indian in the cupboard time travel. Correct. That, yes, <laughs> that's exactly right. Each year that passes in the modern day is one year in the future of the past. Well, yeah, they, they talk about it being same same points on a spiral. Yeah. yeah. I think it's also the way time travel works whatever. in. <laughs> At least it's consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go on. I think that's the way time travel works in that, like, um, in that martial arts RPG feng shui oh. or something. There's like, anyway. So, th so that you can meaningfully travel between the past and the present or the future and like do stuff and like... Is yeah. Feng Shui a martial art now? That's yeah, the name of the role-playing role game. So, <laughs> so for people who haven't read the Indian in the Cupboard series, is that correct to say anymore? I mean, it's the name of the series. The name of the oh, series. Yeah, no, it's some, some Native people still like to identify as Indians. It's for, complicated, but... For people who had, who had not read multiple books of that series, then the amount of time that passes currently is the same amount of time that's past from the points in the past where she time traveled to right it's all it's moving consistent. at a consistent rate yes and it's a very it's a very convenient way to write time travel stories if like these portals are relationally the same mm -hmm. but like you don't have to worry about running into yourself or whatever incidentally Absolutely. indian in the cupboard was the first time when i was a kid i went and saw the movie because i was like oh there's a movie of that book i read that book let's yeah. see the movie and i watched the movie and i was like that was the same as the book i didn't need to see the movie <laughs> oh, so, so it wasn't worse. It was just the same. Yeah, it was just the same. Okay, it was like uh, yeah. I mean, I there's not much. Critique. I don't know, but yeah, you can I know. I was I was like a kid. Things. I like had not seen a lot of movie adaptations <laughs> of books or anything. I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I you know that's actually kind of funny because that is one of the ones where I would agree. I would agree that yeah. like, like you there read the book, you visualized added. it, you, right. you saw the movie and it was, yeah, it didn't, yeah. it was exactly like you visualized it, which is odd because usually there's at least some differences. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. That's kind of funny. It's kind of weird when it's like too faithful <laughs> to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyways. Anyway, the, the demon in the well. Um, yeah. She's in the past. Yeah, she's in the past. And she finds like... You know, and the a, hair demon comes up again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Wait, really? No. Oh. <laughs> well, no. But sorry, I was responding to she is in the past. Uh, <laughs> she, she heads for the village. Um, she finds outside the nearest house a young woman with a baby in a sling was scattering feed for a few rambunctious chickens. Kagome approaches her. It, it, it's our first moment of like, oh yeah, the past kind of sucks. Where she's like, the young woman, young girl, really. She was no more than sixteen. Where you're like, oh yeah, we're in ancient Japan. This mm -hmm. she's already married, carrying a baby, doing farm work at mm -hmm. you know the age when like you know. Well, and uh, 
yes, we're getting a lot of that realism that I don't think comes it actually no. to Yasha at all. It, not unless it's appropriate. Yeah. To like Kagomi has to go through at the moment. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. But, and also uh, attention again to Kagome's appearance because she dropped a shoe into the well. Um and you know, that stayed at the bottom of the well the other side, I think. So Yeah, but then she just has to get rid of her other shoe. They're high heeled <laughs> shoes. She couldn't find another pair of shoes that fit her. Also just and the description. She's still wearing the little black right. dress. The young the the young girl, right? Whatever. Stood wide-eyed as Kagome bowed too low before her, the still childlike face open mouthed as she took in the bobbed hair, the smeared mascara, the pearls, the elegant little gold wristwatch, the deep red toenails. It's like what would she looks like a demon, frankly. Like, yeah. Oh, and at this point, she's got her, um, her legging, her, uh, what do you call it? Nylons, like, tied around her waist. She just <laughs> took them off because they were getting dirty. Yeah. So she's got, like, dirty, you know, hosiery just tied around her waist. Because the thing, the justification for that was she's, and this is a terrible justification because it would totally decompose. But she was worried that some sort of uh, archaeologist would come along and find it in the future and be like, what the hell? But like, yeah, it's fabric. It would totally decompose. Anyway, <laughs> she carries her her pantyhose with her because of that. Right. And so she says, um, I'm a stranger looking for old friends, Lady Kaede, Lady Kikyo, Lord Inuyasha. This was their house, I think, years ago. And the girl says, uh, there's some graves over there that are supposed to be Lady Kaede and Lady Kikyo's, but those have been there all my life. Inuyasha is what they call the man of the forest who cuts wood. We call the forest Inuyasha's forest, but not for him. Inuyasha is the name of the bogeyman. It's just they also we also call the woodcutter that. Um, go to sleep or Inuyasha will get you. We bring him a chicken sometimes, don't we, Yuki-chan? She asked the baby on her hip. The baby looked at her gravely. I, I like that. <laughs> I, I wrote that line down, too. <laughs> like, you just can imagine the baby. Just like, the, the baby's just in a carrier. Face. Right, like yeah. the baby's yeah. just... Baby's a baby. <laughs> right. Adorable. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, clearly things have not been super happy back in the past. And then she goes to find Inuyasha, basically, you know, just past the well in the opposite direction she just came from. Like, you know, that kind of thing. And that brings us to the meat of the story, because this has all been the first part. Asking where Inuyasha is is the end of chapter one, mm. but it it's not a it's not the end of a scene. It's not even the end of a scene. The next chapter, unquote, in fanfiction.net just continues that scene with the next line. Yes. That's actually a good point. Um and so she goes to find him, and there's kind of an extended reunion between them. Inuyasha is human. She finds him there cutting wood. Something's wrong with his leg. Um, she's wondering how old he is. Got to be like 40-ish, maybe a few years older than herself, unless the 50 years of stasis mattered. But like his hair is shot with gray. Um, still wearing a hakama. We kind of, and yeah, he's got a crutch and an atrophied leg. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a good little couple of lines here um once upon a time she would not have been able to creep up on him mm. he would have known she was there known by her scent caught her scent the moment she appeared in the well and run to her trying to look gruff but face glowing with delight he would have called out her name she would have responded with his 
Now that sense, the one on which he had relied the most, was denied him forever. Had she been an enemy, he would be laying dead now, never knowing what had killed him. And that's like, whoa, that's a lot for like three <laughs> sentences, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she's, it's very bleak, um, but it's, you know, it's a reflection on their romance, or it's a reflection on his condition. Like, there's a sense as she observes him of what he's lost, especially when she realizes his leg is crumpled. And the, the scene has a lot of gravity. There's three paragraphs of her observing him. Then like a long paragraph of him noticing her and like, you know, turning and like, you know, over there and like looking at her. Like another paragraph of that before anyone says anything. She says, good morning. And then flushed with shame because the words seemed so banal, so inappropriate for a moment like this. He considered for a moment and bowed very slightly, leaning on the crutch. Good morning, he replied. He paused for a moment and added, it's been a long time, hasn't it? She relaxed a bit. That statement was as trite as her own. Um, what should she do? Um, run into his arms? She had a horrible mental picture of herself surprising him, knocking him off his foot, breaking his crutch, his arm, his good leg. Instead, she stepped forward slowly, and he looked at her bare legs. Mind, he said, you'll have splinters in your feet. But it was a moment too late, and she howled as a long sliver of wood jabbed into the ball of her right foot. Shit, he said. <laughs> And so there's what? this there's this other like romantic comedy thing where like the gravity of the situation is diffused yeah. by physical I, I, you can't call it slapstick because she's bleeding no but no, like no. physical pain inflicted on the characters so, because it's kind of actually really funny yeah I wrote down that and a little more of it and I called it a remeet cute remeet remeet cute yeah yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of what it is because he now he has to take care of her because she's injured so that supersedes right. all right. of the awkwardness right. and tension because it's in a now it's a crisis and he has to also be physically close to her mm-hmm. take care of her you know it, like they all the conversations are gone now because of yeah. the crisis that's <laughs> very meet cute right? it's like this moment that's like uh very like romantic and intense and kind of ethereal but uh-huh. they talked about like a the banality of the conversation but then something practical and, and exactly happens and that kind of breaks them from that it's it's well it's well constructed yeah. i've got to say this whole like fanfic yeah it is and if i can read just a little bit after that yeah, yeah. um i won't read too much because i i don't know it's not a super long fic but there's just so much good writing yeah so yeah she kind of falls he catches her um for a moment, they swayed together, and she thought they would both go crashing to the ground, but he found the balancing point, and they remained upright. He caught his breath again, that familiar phew, and then said, because that's the thing that's been coming up, is that he says phew. I don't know, everyone says phew, but whatever. And then he said, all right, we can do this. That's great, she said. What are we doing? He shot her a strange look, assessing, suspicious, and then replied, as though speaking to a particularly dense child. We're going into the house to take a look at your foot. Well, she said. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> he, he realizes later that she's drunk, right? But no, oh, not, quite, yeah. not, not quite <laughs> yeah, yet. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> and then there's all these good character moments where like when he starts treating, he comments that her feet are dirty. She gets offended and he's like, your first aid book says it's important to clean around the wound before you treat it. Because it turns out she accidentally left her bag on this side of the well when she went back the last time, which included her first aid book that she had been studying, like that she'd had on hand to like treat people back in the past. And it was not in the slightest easy to read. And Inuyasha was not particularly literate. But Kikyo, who was much better at that kind of thing than he is, 
like they worked through a lot of the contents of it together, even if they didn't understand all of it because modern Japanese and all that kind of thing. God, yeah. 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 What's the gap of time between that period and the modern day was hidden? Like, uh, 450 years. Yeah, trying to read something from... Or something. That's four, 400 years displaced is... That's a whole nother language. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, not necessarily. Well, I don't know about Japanese, but in well, English, like it's like the difference between Shakespeare well, wrote in the 16th century. Yeah, but century. could Shakespeare read something we texted, you know? Um, That's a really excellent question. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to ask the ghost of Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> Get the Ouija board out. I, I think the ghost of Shakespeare is with Will Wheaton at the moment. We gotta. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. No, yeah. no, 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 no. The, actually, sorry. Just to linger on that for a second, that it's a really excellent point because, of course, we can figure out yeah. what Shakespeare wrote because we have all the context. That they have none of the historical Yeah, we context. have all the history. They I don't mean, have the future. That is actually an excellent point. Yeah. It's not so bad, though. It's not like she was going back to Heian, Japan, where it's like, we just write in Chinese. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> they did have, I think, all of the Kana characters, like, in use. Like, maybe. but like, Or, or at least some version of them. A, like, a version. You'd have to <laughs> guess which one of them evolved into what. And, or what happened with some tenses right. and verbs they don't use anymore. Oh, there would have been so many compounds and, like, words that just did not exist in, like, their era, for sure. Anything written in katakana? Well, no, 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 no I, I'm saying they had no, kana. They had katakana. Oh, but it wasn't, it wasn't anything used. written in katakana? Oh, of course, yes. <laughs> no, 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 you're right. Yeah. They'll, they'll just be gibberish, the, because katakana became used for foreign loan words, none yeah. of which would have been in the language. What was it? What's the words... For um, English loan words in Japan, like wase, wasego, yeah, yeah, yeah. If any amount of that, there, the fact that it might have been called first aid, the first, oh role. yeah, for sure, <laughs> <laughs> would, would, be, would be incomprehensible. <laughs> anyway, the the point is that like he picked up, he he tried to read the books. They they made some progress. They tried to learn some things. Go, they go from kanji to kanji. <laughs> um, then the but, meanings drift over. Yeah. This is fun. <laughs> but, but, then, but then that also leads into, he's like, I could read a little then. I, we, Kikyo could read really well, and she was clever with words. We looked at them a lot. She helped me. There was a dictionary. It was like we were working out a puzzle. Mm. She, Kikyo, it was interesting for her, the world that you live in, that I had been there and had seen so many of the things in your books. He sat quietly then, saddened or embarrassed or both. Kagome looked away from him. I'm sorry, she said. They told me in the village about Kikyo. How long ago? How? I had her for about ten months, he said. His voice was gruff, and he looked away into the distance. The words were like a blow to Kagome's chest and the reader. Ten months? <laughs> Only ten months? <laughs> about as long as they and their companions had traveled together. After all that, all that suffering and courage and blood and pain, that was all they got? It's been twenty years, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> she thought back. What had she been doing ten months after she found her way home on that terrible, lonely day? Sitting at her desk in high school or chatting with her friends at McDonald's? Stealing kisses or a little more than kisses in an, in an out-of-the-way spot in the park? So, yeah, it's rough. Yeah. This fanfic's rough. Though, but, to be fair, at that point, she still was trying to get into the well, like, at least she was. once a week. Yeah, she like, was. Yeah. But, yeah, she's hard on herself because, yeah, because this uh, this contrast, right? Uh, between the present and the past, all the it, modern medicine is also like there's a big contrast there. Yeah. Obviously, it comes up, but it, it gets even worse. Like Inuyasha's life, because oh, for one thing, Kikyo died because she was treating people with a fever, and like she was one of the things she did was serve as a doctor, right? Mm -hmm. And 
Kagome is like, oh yeah, well, you know, if you get if you're around sick people in the past where they barely knew anything about medicine, like that's a very likely way to die. Um, she even like at one point she what's the word? Um when you figure out what someone has. So she, she like she like has a tentative diagnosis about even what the illness was that like, you know, killed mm-hmm. her. Uh, just based on like what he says the symptoms were in the time period. But anyway. Yeah, this medical stuff is always kind of going on in the back of Kagome's brain. And it made me there's wonder. There's a few times where like she she observes his leg early on and like for a yes. moment she just sits there and she diagnoses him. Yeah. Like she's like, okay, it's... this is what, what, what are we looking at here? And and also how to treat it. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, she wondered if the knee that had been injured or the hip or the femur. So she's like trying to imagine the line of the leg under the hakama. Right. And like... If the uh, femoral shaft had been broken yeah. very close to its seating <laughs> against the tibia and there was no other injury, a total knee replacement, augmented, of course, by extensive physical therapy, might bring about an excellent result. A more proximal break might do well with surgical refracture and pinning, again, assuming aggressive post-operative PT. Like... Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and it goes on. It goes on. Because, like, there was a part in the in the beginning, in the first few paragraphs, that talked about how, like, an intern was, was talking to her, uh-huh. saying, like, doctor with the question, like, is this okay? And, and she's like, oh, yeah, those stitches were fine. Well, actually, they're a little bit too close together, but they were fine. <laughs> right. Which is, like, such a precise, like, industry detail. Yeah. <laughs> it's this funny. The author had knowledge. Right. Yeah. Though, I will say... They also say something about urine being sterile, which is absolutely untrue. Well, it's it's sterile when it comes out. But then, because we're still in like <laughs> weird romantic comedy mode, at the end of this extensive paragraph of her thinking that way, it also depended on how much damage he'd done to the articular surface of the femoral head by using the leg at that unnatural angle. Her eyes moved back up to assess the pelvis, trying to gauge the angle at which he was holding the thigh. Inuyasha sat perfectly still, her hand still in his, watching her stare at his crotch. <laughs> It's great to see you too, he said. Yeah. And this is like after this like really long paragraph of it's medical so assessment. It's like so much. It, I just, yeah, I cracked up. Okay, that's good. That. It's, it's really good. Because <laughs> like, I think it it's strange. Like, I don't even know if that was, I'm sure the author had some sense of what they were doing, but I don't, it doesn't necessarily feel super intentional. It's just this idea that like you're reading, you're reading, you're reading, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, um, and it works quite well. Yeah. Because you're like in a very clinical headspace and then just boop, now we're out. <laughs> and I think it kind of mirrors, I'm um, obviously mirrors Kagome's headspace as well. And these things break up the horrible Inuyasha backstory we're getting. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. He married again. Yep. What? <laughs> Yeah, he, just someone in the village. A village girl, like you know, he lost his wife. He's he's human now. Eventually, he's, he's he a married. double widower. <laughs> yeah, you, what you, the you, fuck? you probably wouldn't remember her. She would have just been one of the kids. We, I married again. I took care of Kaida, and then I married again. We had a baby, but it was born too soon and only lived a little while. And then a few days later, my Hanai, the mother, died. Oh right, because Kaide also died at presumably just of old age, but like, yeah, he took care of and her. Then, then he married again, and then Kaide has this this whole thing. Oh, Inuyasha, like she didn't need to ask. She could imagine the midwife, a woman called to the childbed from milking or sweeping, catching the tiny, pathetic, doom, doomed infant in her t- dirty hands, pressing the pudendum to extract the afterbirth and colonizing the poor grieving young mother with a bouquet of microorganisms. And this, so there's all this like. The past sucks, like yeah. stuff going on in this fanfic, and it, it, that's not even the last moment of the past sucks. Oh no, <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, 
Um, yes, but she says, I'm sorry. I wish I'd been here. Uh, me, the person I am now. I wish I could have been here to save them. And I, I like this other moment where, like, he smiled a bit. You're a good doctor, huh? She smiled back. I am a good doctor. Is that a funny idea? No, he said. You were always a good doctor. You always took good care of us. You were such an expert with the medicines from your home. Kaede was always impressed. Where, like, she had a first aid book mm-hmm. from the modern century. Yeah. That's, that's what made her a great doctor. And Kagome's just, like, shocked. She's like, I wasn't studying to be a doctor. I was just <laughs> yeah, in yeah. high school. Right, right, right. Later, later on, she's like, you're not surprised I became a doctor? He's like, no, you were studying to become one, right? And she's like, no, I was studying for the high school entrance exams. Everyone takes those. <laughs> I only decided to become a doctor much later. He's like, oh, okay. I didn't really understand the nuance there. <laughs> anyway. I mean, of course not, you know? Yeah. Right. It, it wouldn't have come up if it's not, you know, it wasn't yeah. really relevant. It was like, I'm sure she talked a little bit about what high school was like, but like, you know. Well, what's the context? Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny mistaking like studying for just 400 years of medical technology. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. For, like, having antiseptic <laughs> or yeah. something. Not antiseptic. But then. Disinfectant. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But so, last part of horrible Inuyasha backstory. She asks, so wait, what happened to the leg? And he's like, cannonball. Because... (laughs) Car's a soldier. (laughs) It's the Sengoku era, actually. And so that means that he was drafted into the military for, you know, some random warlord's purposes, right? Which means you're just can fodder. That's yeah. what you are. And and like, and she, she was like, can't but, believe it. Yeah. yeah. She's like, but you're a hero. Like you've, you know, done all this awesome stuff. And he was like, yeah, you know, I'm like, you, you, she was like, you weren't like a general or like, you know, some awesome, like a samurai hero. He's like, I'm not a samurai. I'm like a dude with a sword. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> so he got shot by a cannonball like outside Kyoto. And that's what happened. Um, and then like he, he ended up in a peat bog, apparently she comments, uh, he like complains about the peat bog and she's like, don't, don't complain about the peat bog. That saved your life. It's an antiseptic. Like there's no, <laughs> because of the acidity. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and apparently he was there just buried under piles of dead soldiers. Mm-hmm. His companions that he fought with were dead on top of him, but he was trapped there. So yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> Yep. But then, then, <laughs> <Exciting> story. <laughs> then we're out of the way, though, okay? Um, there's some there's some talk back and forth. And Tori, I don't know like what most interests you in this kind of period of the fanfic. I mean, that that's most of it. Um we I think we've basically covered that in this um idea that Kagome is like, well, I, you know, still in love with him mm-hmm. and there is a potential there. And I basically she invites him to come back with her. Yeah. yeah she's yeah. like, look, medical, I'm pretty sure our medical science can fix your leg. And he's like, what? Go to the future. Like there's nothing for me there. And she's like, what is there for you here? You chop <laughs> wood outside of the village and you're a charity case that people sometimes give chickens to. And, she and, doesn't say it in those words. Yeah, and but, you're, you're a bad cut from just dying horribly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, what are you so attached to over here, right? Right. Um, but but he's like, he's unwilling to commit to this in a very, what I found, realistic way where it's like, he doesn't have great reasons. He's just like, I don't know, I don't know. Because like the fear of the unknown is like, like suddenly someone popping up and being like, how about you leave your entire life behind and go to this other new place, you know? Go 400 years into the future. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so she's 
she's trying to convince him. I like how she uses this, like what she says is a strategy for like talking to patients where she's like, instead of, <laughs> instead of saying like, you could do this, she's like, this is what will happen. Like, you know, look, we'll take you to the the hospital and like the doctors will take really good care of you and you will you know, like, she's just talking as if it's a thing that is happening. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, then you'll do physical therapy and, um, but he's unwilling to commit. And she's like, I got to get back to the present and get, you know, bathed and not drunk and like get some amount of sleep because I have a shift and people's lives are like, you know, depending on me. So she can't just because of the ongoing time thing of like time proceeding at the same rate in both eras, she can't just hang out here and convince him or like live with him for a while. She's got to like get back. Um, So she sets a time basically is like, look, if you I will try to be back at the well at like whatever it is, like nine o'clock p.m. or whatever. Like I'll wait there for you if you can come through, if you decide to come through. Like that's where I'll be. Yeah. Um, and and there's another thing, which is that um, part of his concern is that no one will tend to Kaide and Kikyo oh, yeah, and great. Hane, the other woman he married, their graves. And and so she has a really like good solution that I might not have thought of. Is she's like, look, whether or not the gravestones are there. This is the grounds of my family shrine. Mm. So she's like, let's pace. I'm going to pace out where they are. And like, she kind of, you know, checks like the well to the sacred tree as comparison. Then she like walks the well yeah. to like the, where the graves are. So she's worried that her steps will be different when she's wearing shoes. Right. So she triangulates it. Right. So she can do the math and you know, basically... Yeah, have the math there to to find it. And I think that's awesome. And yeah. I just love that little detail. Um, and there's another like little sweet part. It's like he's just not sure if he's going to come. And that's understandable. Um, he's worried about she explains the procedure. She says, well, they probably have to break the leg again and reset it. Mm -hmm. And he's like terrified. Of, like she can tell he's terrified. He doesn't say it. Yeah. She's like, no, no, it won't be like that. We have medicine for pain. We have you know, you, we'll put you in a cast and and sure, it'll be unpleasant and it'll be itchy, but like, I'll give you books to read. Like she re gives him all this reassurance and also this realism around it. And I, right. I, I appreciate that, you know? Yeah, and she all, she's also like, one of the things he complains about is like, I've been to the present. It's like all stone and like concrete and it's terrible. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I can't, I can't like run through the woods there. She's like, okay, well, you can't, you can't do that here either. But also there's still, <laughs> there's still natural places in the world. There's still beauty there. Like I can, I can show it to you. Like you can, you know, you can be there. It, it's it's interesting. Um, in the midst of all this, she also like you know is thinking back to the happy times running through the forest with him. Yeah. And there's a comment where like even if she coaxed him back, even if they repaired the leg, they would never again be young. The leg would never again be whole. Their hearts would never again be unbroken. But reg regardless, I do like the the stance of of uh, what's her name? <laughs> I want to say Kaede, which is a different character. Um, Kagome mm -hmm. in this fanfic where like she is a high stress problem solver person where like even if things have really really sucked in the past and even if things are not ideal now she's very focused on like okay but what can we do from here like how can we how can we make things better than they are right now and mm -hmm. I, I think that's part of what saves the fanfic from being very very depressing is that like you know they might both be stuck in some kind of rut but that doesn't mean they can't do stuff well, and it, it it's also a callback to the, yeah, the Kintsugi we mentioned before, the preparing pottery, which mm -hmm. um, the description of that that the author provides, um, 
I wanted to point that out because it was weird the way they phrased it, but I understand what they were going for, which was, um, it says, when the Japanese mend broken objects, they aggrandize the damage by filling the cracks with gold because they believe that when something suffered damage and has a history, it becomes more beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's a quote from Barbara, Barbara Bloom, apparently. Now, again, I don't really like how when the Japanese men broken objects, it's not all the time. It's a particular type of yeah style. So I don't like how that's phrased, but I do understand what they're saying is this metaphor for how the story is going is that a lot has been broken, but we're kind of trying to fill those cracks and, and make it something new and beautiful in its own right. Speaking of history, the author pegs down a year that Inuyasha was set, which is something that Takahashi was not interested in doing, to my mm-hmm. recollection. Um, <laughs> the, the person that wrote the ninjas with the giant boomerangs was interested in, uh, <laughs> in accuracy. <laughs> but hey, you don't know. Th- th- there's you, this... were, you weren't alive then. <laughs> <laughs> this part also, also leads into a line that I like, so I'm going to read it out loud. She comments, you really did read that first aid book, didn't you? She said. He turned the flashlight on the sole of her foot. And the biology book, he said. And math, which is not so hard as you said. And English, which is very hard. And and history, he sighed. By my reckoning, it's now the year 1584 of the Common Era. We heard news months ago that that Lord Idiot Nobunaga had been assassinated. In a few years, my old home of Kyushu will fall to Hideyoshi, and eventually our Hojo will be defeated. She reacted to the name. He raised an eyebrow. The man I... The man whose wedding... He was a Hojo, she explained. Ah, Kagome was a samurai's woman, he said, running the light up and down her foot. Not a samurai, she said, a systems analyst. (laughs) I don't know what that is, he said. Neither do I, she said. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty funny. (laughs) I like that line. I do too. How much of a bummer would it be to be stuck in the past with a history book? <laughs> with, with a good history book. Oh, yeah, because like that's another thing, is that yeah. he he kind of knows the future. It would yeah. certainly make one more fatalistic, wouldn't it? Definitely. Yes. <laughs> like, well, that happened, and Nexus, and we're all, okay, bye. <laughs> yep. And yet, he still doesn't want to leave the forest, because that's kind of... That's his, what he knows. That's yeah. what he knows, yeah. And, yeah. and it totally makes sense. Um so Kagome does go back through the well and she's not sure if he's going to come, but she says, look, I'll be at my mom's house. Like, I have a oh, shift at... This is a very realistic conversation, it sounds like. <laughs> it is. Like, yeah, I've got a shift at like 9.30 p.m. or something, but it's like it's the morning. She's like, it's like 12 hours or 10 hours or something. Like, come find me if you I, don't. I, I got work in the morning, but we can yeah. meet up later. <laughs> oh, but by the way, but before we go back to the present, mm-hmm. one last thing about the past sucking. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, she realizes she has to pee. In- Inuyasha, she said, do you have, I have to, is there an outhouse? He stared at her blankly. Outhouse, he said? There's a forest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And then there's, you know, she's like, I didn't bring my bag, sort of toilet paper. And he's like, look, there's some leaves. <laughs> and she's like, I hate this part of the past. <laughs> <laughs> and it is funny. funny. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so right. She she sets up a time for him to come through if he's going to come through. And, um, and right. She writes down where the where the 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 graves are in a page from her old notebook that Inuyasha still has. She sees like notes that she wrote in her old notebook to classmates, 
um, including like, what are you doing Saturday afternoon? Do you want to come to the pool? And her writing back, I think I have something else to do. Sorry. Saturday, she thought. Sorry, Saturday, I have to fix what I shattered, find what I lost, save the world, and have my heart broken. <laughs> when I get back, I'm, but like, this is her thinking back of her child, her, of her school days, right? When I get back, I'm going to be a doctor, because once you start saving the world, you can never stop again. Anyway, yeah, she sets that up. Mm-hmm. And then you have kind of the echo of her drunk in her mother's house. Like in the last part of the fanfic, you have like kind of the other end of that. The echo of her drunk in her mother's house, psyching herself up to try the, the well and see whether it works, which is her hanging out at her mother's house, waiting to see, is he going to come through? Yeah. Like, well, yeah, yeah. But like right before that, she does immediately pace out, find the graves. Right. So that was important. Okay. And um, I just wanted to read a little bit of that because I think uh, she stands by the graves because this isn't just about her romance with Inuyasha. This is about how much she cared for Kaide mm-hmm. and her traveling companions, Shippo, like Kikyo as well. Um, and so she stands by the graves and I'm sorry, she told them silently. Sorry you were left alone so long. I promise I will come often to visit you. I promise, uh, wait, I guess, I promise I will come often to visit you. Is that written twice? No, just once. But then it says, I guess that was a copy. If Inuyasha did not come through the well, it would mean there was another grave in this place. Right. I I thought that was good lines. Like, if he doesn't come through, that's where she can assume he got buried. Oof. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, she placed a hand on the tree, overwhelmed with grief at the impossible thought that the man with whom she had laughed and cried that morning, the man who had been warm in her arms and in her mouth, the angry, sad, resigned, ribald, vital man who had that very day had kissed her and teased her and tried to fix the part of her that was hurt, was here, was dust, had been dust in this place when she drew her first breath. And for all the years, she was a child here, all the years of her growing up and coming to adulthood. She was too tired to cry anymore. She turned and walked uphill to the god tree and rested her hand as she had done on its little offshoot below. Inuyasha, she said aloud, I'm here at the tree. It's your turn to come through the well and heal the hole in my heart. Which Nothing is another happened, reference. To, and he didn't appear. Yeah, which is another st- yeah. reference to the start of the series where he's, you know, nailed to the tree with an arrow mm-hmm. and she's the one who removes it. So he doesn't show up? He does. He, he does. does. Okay. Eventually. He, the, the way this seemed, the story seemed to be going, it could go either way. <laughs> here's, here's what I like about that, is that the author is so grounded in these little touches of, I don't know if realism is the right word, but just like living. Pragmatism? Pragmatism. He comes in with her old middle school backpack that he'd accidentally left behind, and there was another pack on his left shoulder, a makeshift one equally as large as her backpack. A shaft of wood stuck out of it, and she realized he must have brought everything, even the axe. He brought his wood cutting axe because, like, what do you what do you do yeah. if you're packing up to leave your life behind and go to the future? He just like packed his stuff. Yeah, like yeah. if he needs to chop wood, he's got his axe. And I just thought that was so cute. <laughs> I mean, you know, an axe is not unuseful. Like, and yeah, it's yeah. his, and he didn't right. have that many possessions. No, I no, think that's yeah, part right, of it. That's yeah. the other thing is he could pack up everything he owned in a bag and take mm-hmm. it with him. So he did. Like, I don't know. And I like it's it. also, yeah, it's a point of connection to his history. Like, if he's going to live here in the future, it's totally alien world to him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, so yeah, she eventually he shows up. She has to wait a little bit. And then um, they did kiss in the past. That was implied by the previous quote. But now um, they kissed again, not passionately this time, but the small, gentle kiss of people who expected to kiss one another every day of their lives. Mm-hmm. 
And I thought that was very sweet. Yeah. They prepare some food. They, you know, she offers to fix him a hot bath and such. Um, and here's the end, right? Suddenly she noticed he had draped the prayer beads around his neck, just as he had worn them long ago. She shouldered her backpack. It was terribly heavy, but so, she could see, was the bag that held the remnants of his old life. Metaphor. He, <laughs> mm-hmm. he staggered a bit under the weight, and she was frightened for him, but then he straightened and took a step. She wished she could carry him to the house, but she could no more carry him than he could carry her. The best they could do was distribute the burden between them, the pieces of their old life together and the pe- lives they were living now, all the things that would bind them together and push them apart. They found a rhythm and started for the house, walking, talking as they went, keeping each other company for the rest of the walk home. And and then they have the Barbara Bloom quote. And then it's the end. And then there's an epilogue. And the thing about the epilogue, a note from the author. Oh, dear, that was a bit too middle-aged and poignant, wasn't it? Let's cheer (laughs) us all up. And so the epilogue, in summary, and then they fixed his leg and they had a bunch of sex. Okay. Yeah, I, and it's like it's like a little bit rapid fire. It's I mean, like these, it's I don't like, know. It didn't yeah, feel these, these like it's put happened. together well, as the rest this of after it. the physical therapy. Yeah, um, both. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So I love this part <laughs> though in the epilogue. So he said, "This is Inuyasha. You have all these machines to do work for you." Yes, she said. But because you do no work, you become soft and flabby. He said. Right, she said. So you pay money to do pretend work on other machines so you can build up your muscles. He said. Exactly, she said. And right now you are driving this car to a place where we can walk around and around in a circle, he said. If you want, she said, I can pull over right now and let you out and you can walk the rest of the way there. No, no, he said, I wouldn't want to do it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's the only piece of dialogue is as like an yeah. example conversation here in the in the epilogue. It's just hilarious because, you know, it's that social commentary, but it's also just like Inuyasha just be like... No, no, no. I, I, I'll i do it your way, um, even though it makes <laughs> and, absolutely no sense. Uh, there's a comment, like, throughout the fanfic, the, like, the older Inuyasha, she's mentioned, like, he at times he seemed like he was getting frustrated, but, like, he has a whole lot more patience. And she's like, when did he learn patience? Like, just in a general sense, because that was not one of his young characteristics, right? Um. Anyway. Yeah, and it gives you more hope for their relationship working out. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. I, you know, it's so funny. I would not have expected an Inuyasha fanfic to, like, feel this, like, poignant and, and real to me, I guess. She she introduces him to people as an old friend from a small village in the mountains, mm-hmm. like, which makes sense. Um, some acquaintances politely wonder what he does. <laughs> Depending on her mood, she tells them pretty much whatever he wants or batting her eyelids, everything. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> uh, and then uh, at a certain point, too, they refer, like, Inuyasha's outfits, they talk about, like, how people think he's attractive when he wears, like, a charcoal gray suit. Mm-hmm. But then there's also this point where um, they refer to, sometimes he dresses up in Sengoku Jidai drag. And I was like, I don't think it's drag, but that still just makes me laugh so hard. I don't know why. Or maybe this is something else. And he's also like, <laughs> it's not drag because he like is authentically from that period. First of all, <laughs> second of all, I, I don't know. It, yeah, but. people assume he's doing some kind of street theater or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that, that just yeah. Right. Costumes not okay. Yes. <laughs> anyway, that's pretty much the fanfic. The it, it's just the epilogue made me laugh because it's like it's not. 
it, it really is an epilogue. It's like the story ended over there. Mm-hmm. And then the author wrote some other stuff just, yeah. you know, for fun. It's kind of like, a stream of consciousness, yeah. honestly, the epilogue. It's like, it, it was like, with all this careful, precise writing. Right. And the, it's like, then yeah. the author indulged themselves a bit at the end. Yeah. And it's just like, now I'm just writing some stuff that's fun. I'm going to say, that's the, that's the interesting thing about like self-published works is that it stops when you want it to. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like there, there's no editor saying this has no relevance to the rest of it. We, we got to get rid of it. It's like, no, I wanted to write this. So I did. Exactly. You don't have to kill your darlings. You can put your darlings right there. There's your darlings. It's right there. They, they mm-hmm. did a lot of stuff to the darlings beforehand. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. In- including killing some off screen darlings you never met. <laughs> <laughs> Tori was commenting um, all the other Inuyasha characters are off screen. Like he mentions, like, oh yeah, you know, such and such person went north. Like they're off all doing their other lives. They're just like not, mm-hmm. not present. Uh, Tori found it interesting that Sesho Maru, who is just not mentioned, never, ne- mentioned. never even referred to, yeah, because like he was such the fan favorite, like badass, like ooh, like that's the cool character, pretty in Inuyasha, bish- pretty shonen, right. yeah, back in the day, and it's just like the author's not even interested in remembering that he existed. That's fair. So, yeah, me, no, me neither. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> but it is fascinating, you know, for an author writing in this era to not... Maybe they had, like, a particular thing where they were just, like, yeah, forget anti-Sashomer or something. I don't know. I think you had to compare it with the author's other works. See if there's yeah. any underlying... Yeah. They wrote a few other things. Yeah. I don't mean... It's not unfair to say that, like, if they, they didn't want to attract too much attention to Sashomer because that's not what this is about. Yeah. Also, I have no but idea what, what literally happened. never mention him and he's Inuyasha's brother. Well, also, I have no idea what happened at the end of the series. Maybe something happened where they don't need to talk about him. Yeah, I'm probably maybe, Nadaku maybe. killed him, right? It's got to have happened. Nadaku killed everyone at least once. <laughs> Unclear. Shonen series is... <laughs> I, I, I might be exaggerating, but you know. Someone who knows more about Inuyasha can. Then they ran tell back us. on the serpent road and came back to life. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just had like a complete mental image of Sashomaru running serpent road. <laughs> no, it's like perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, damn, he would fit right in. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's the fanfic. That's Rebound. That's, um, that's the story. Anything y'all <laughs> want to talk about before we get to things that we thought could be improved and favorite things super random but in the epilogue um the author calls canons canon they they're talking about I canons don't, is that not a way to say and multiple they, canon so here's the thing i didn't think so i've always said canons like you know well what was the phrase what was the context i mean, just they're talking about canons and instead of saying plural canons they say plural canon However, they cite an article that also, in the title, says... Canons? Canon. Well, if it's one series, it's canon. And if you're talking about multiple <laughs> series, then you would say so, the canons of those series. So, that's also you know. the thing. Is yeah, I no. actually thought it was kind of funny because it just made me think of, like, they were talking about, like, actual series canon, canon rather than, like, literal boom-boom <laughs> canons. But, boom-boom canons. Yeah, I, I, that's the sound that canons make. Boom, boom. <laughs> no, I, I don't know the context. Were you talking about story canon or literal canons in this? Literal. Tori literal was talking boom, about boom, the weapon. Cannon. I was okay. just joking. <laughs> but like, well, no, no I, I, I don't know the sentence. But yeah, you, you say canon fire. Yeah, you, you, say, okay. you wouldn't say cannons fires. <laughs> no, I know. Okay, here, hold up, hold up. I will. I will. Yes, but that's just that's the multiple of. About. Wait. Cannon fire. Yeah, a lot of cannons fire, and it is cannon fire. Yeah, not the cannon fired. 
cannon fire hit the cannon fodder side. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, which was Inuyasha. Cannon fodder is also yes. plural, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, cannon fodder isn't one thing. No. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So they, this is in their historical. Well, note. cannon fodder is uncountable. You don't have one or two or a lot of can. I guess you have a lot of cannon fodder. Cannon yeah. were you in use in Japan as early as the 1550s. Uh, Nobunaga was known for using waves of musketmen rather than cannon, but used cannon in at least some castle sieges. But that doesn't sound wrong, though. Well, apparently they're a reference. They've got a reference here. Um, it does sound awkward. I mean, I would have said cannons, but they using have a cannons. reference here that says... Oh, darn. No, I thought there was a... Nope. Cannon in Japan in the 1550s? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. I'm sorry, I just, I don't know why, but cannon I was just like, fodder. is that legitimate? Like, can you say that? Cannon I fire. kind of drove my brain crazy. <laughs> There's one little moment I forgot to mention that I want to say was really cool, mm-hmm. where like, when Kagome's going back through the well after re-meeting old Inuyasha, like they share a passionate kiss and stuff, she's going through the well, and then before she goes, because she doesn't know that he's going to try to come through, she doesn't know that that's going to work or anything like that, mm-hmm. she says, Inuyasha, one last thing. If you ever get married and you have a kid again, make the midwife wash their hands before <laughs> delivering the baby. This is the most important thing I'm going to say to you. That's right. <laughs> and I just like that whether or not she's ever with him again, this is at the top of her mind as like, we need to address this, you know, like threaten her with a sword, make her make her make their hands as clean as possible. Anyway, I, I just like that she thought of that. Yeah. So this is written by a doctor, apparently. <laughs> Jeez. It's one of those stories where you're like, I don't know. You're it's gotta be though. someone in the medical profession, right? Because yeah. no one does this amount of research to mm-hmm. write a fanfic story. Some people this do. Is, this is, <laughs> I would never <laughs> do this much research to write a fanfiction story. Well, I thought about that too. And I'm like, yeah, you definitely could have, have done this research, but it definitely feels like um, it's a passion because, you know, that yeah. whole paragraph. Because uh, They may not have been a doctor. They could have been a physical therapist yeah. or nurse or someone. They're definitely no, but, 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 someone med- medical in the medical profession. profession. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because like if they, they researched it for like a part of the story, it'd be like, it would just be, oh, this part needs some medical information and fill that up. But like, that's, this sounds like this is like a medical mindset spread throughout. Like, like make sure she fucking washes her hands. <laughs> sounds like a very frustrated opinion. <laughs> the the author, the yeah. author has a list of links of like resources about, you know, about Sengoku Japan that they used. They don't list any medical links. They're like, I don't need any references. Good point. Also, apparently canon is a legitimate plural, plural of canon. Yeah, but it's just not it might be more of a UK thing. It's just, we in the US would say canon. Okay, so is it a flock of canon or? <laughs> the murder of canon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Duh. Uh, so one of my favorite plural nouns is murder. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, Where were we? Uh, oh yeah, uh, things that we think could be improved and um, favorite things. Things that we think could be improved. This came up when we were off the air. But that early on in the fanfic, there's a very off-putting part where she's like talking about her ex's new lover being like pierced through the breast with an arrow. And like, it, it's like a reference to early Inuyasha. But I also, when I reached that part, I was like, wait, what? What's she saying? What What's going on here? It's yeah, like, I, I think they mentioned cupping or something also. That, yeah, yeah it's, cupping. There, she has an imagination of like 
uh, him cupping one of her breasts while pulling the air out with the other hand. Which is, I think that's what she did physically, bracing herself, pulling out the air from Inuyasha. I don't know. But like, it's it's off-putting and throws the flow of the story really, really early on. I, I, was, I was put off. One of the things that <laughs> threw off Della. Um, so that was a thing that I feel like could be maybe rethought so, how it was presented. Honestly, I do have to say that they lighten the mood almost immediately because Kagome is drunk already at the wedding and she's thinking about... And then the other hand was doing this and she's like, wait, is that three arms? I, I can't remember how many arms there are. I'm too drunk. <laughs> I, I mean, the author funny. tries to do that. It's like it's very interesting. Um, but anyway, any any minor complaints you have, Tori? I get the impression you also enjoyed the story. I definitely did. Um, you know, I think it's well written, but like in reflection, as much as I do, you know, and generally enjoy rom com stuff, and this is very much in that vein, it also does kind of fall into some of the kind of like mm, hetero misogyny mm -hmm. of that trope. Mm -hmm. Like Kagome is, she's very much stereotyped as this woman who is falling apart over the loss of, of her man. And like, sure, I mean, then it's not unreasonable that she would be feeling that way. But when you take the story as a whole, it's sort of like, uh, she got broken up with and she even has a moment where she's like very spiteful towards the new wife and that's you know it's also understandable but it falls into that trope and then the she gets together with Inuyasha and everything's okay so there's yeah, not a I, lot of space as much to be fair though the, like I, this isn't too harsh criticism because the author does do a great job of establishing how much Kagome cares about her career and how yeah. strong a person she is like yeah. but I guess, like, yeah, it's relatively minor. It's just, like, yeah. still, it's that arc of lost the guy, got the new guy, the mm -hmm. end. I, I think that might just be a symptom of the fact that the timeline is, like, a day. <laughs> the, true. the day sure, is of sure. her ex's wedding. I, we were talking about a little bit off mic also. You, you're saying this was rom-com. I said this, this was a rom-com with all the fat cut off. But the fat is a lot of what makes it uh, palatable at first. Like, if, if this was a rom-com movie, there would have be, been a first section about her her daily life. Yes, about there would have like, been. About her being successful at work and being satisfied mm. with that. And, and then, then, like, one thing goes wrong in her life, and she's like, what? And then everything's yeah, going yeah. fine, and then Hojo leaves. Right. And then that's yeah, the turn. Yeah. You're right. But and instead, it just, it just starts with Hojo leaving. Mm -hmm. That's actually a good point, because it's totally that is a good point. reasonable that she had a bad day, and, like, this all everything that happened yeah uh, leaves and then flashes to her being at her ex's what who would go to the ex's what i and uh, there's also <laughs> well that. right she's trying to keep it friendly and like there's even a point where her ex brags about her to his wife like about like stuff that she's done in i don't know anti-drunk driving like i don't yeah. know measures or something and uh you know because I don't know. He's still like proud of her about stuff. I don't Except know. Which, 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 like, which points to them being like amicable exes, really. Just like they're supposed to, th that's what they're trying to do. Which is it probably fine on every day except for the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. They right. Just right. Show us that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a good point. <laughs> but they're also trying to keep it concise. And, you know, we have enough social knowledge of the tropes that I think it works. But you, you can infer, but it wasn't a fun time for and, me. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, 
I do want to say, um, kind of the the ending. Uh, this is not a complaint, actually. I was just thinking about kind of like the vaguely like kind of miso- the, the not vaguely the the misogynistic vibes of like early rom com set up early on. Mm-hmm. I do like that at the end. Inuyasha gives up his life to go be with her, like yeah. the life that he had. And like, she's the one with the knowledge, the social prestige, you know, like all that kind of power. And like, he's giving up, he, like he he's going to have to figure out his own identity. Will he be able to do something useful and form a new identity in modern day? Probably not. Probably but, not. <laughs> but, but it's just like, he's, he's taking that step that like big leap of faith and like mm-hmm. it's the the kind of masculine pride stuff is being abandoned because it's a it's not a masculine position that he's putting himself in um including you know I, I, obviously part of that masculineness is like i'll just stay here and suffer with my bad leg <laughs> chopping wood because like that's the, like the cool masculine thing to do mm-hmm. instead of like going back and getting it fixed and being under like the auspices of, of doctors who are doing mysterious magic things to me <laughs> but like he does all that and i th- I, th- I think that's cool yeah we're yes. also talking about like a rom-com trope the, the, um at the end of a rom-com movie like there's like the right choice and the wrong choice mm-hmm. but like the r- wrong choice would be like completely wrong from like every angle and right. stuff and like right, not not understandable right. it, it, this it seems like both choices of Inuyasha coming through or Inuyasha staying was reasonable. They were on the table, right? Yeah, it's absolutely. like may, maybe he wants to live out his life there, may, and and like she's she wouldn't have been happy about that, but she's prepared that that's an option. That like yeah, and it's, I'm just, his, it's his call. I was kind of going off of the, uh, the vibe you two were talking about, but oh, it no, sounds yeah. like she didn't like even pressure him too much. She wanted to pressure him but saw that like she really couldn't like yeah. browbeat him into it so it, it she just had to leave it his choice but yeah j- j- the fact that she's like if you get married again here's what to do is like yeah. her acknowledging that like this is your call and like yeah. how you lead your life yeah, it, from here respecting each other's like autonomy you know? right right yeah well yeah I, I, it's cool i think we're moving into praise yeah i think we are <laughs> like that's that's something i would praise is that there is a firm it's hard to do to anchor this in Inuyasha, which like we mentioned before, like there's kind of this weird dynamic where like she takes away his autonomy, but then Mm -hmm. he's also really mean to her. And obviously that's not the dynamic of the relationship anymore. And the author still manages to find kind of an anchor in their sort of banter. Yeah. But turn this into a much more healthy version it, of the, a relationship. Like, and having 20 years past, of course, helps a bit. I, I was going to say. they don't forget their anchor. <laughs> yeah. I, I think helping to make that better is not having them be teen, teenagers and having them be fully actualized adults. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. And well, yeah. that's the best way to do this, I think. Mm, which, yeah. which I think was a... Um, I think that's a point of praise that, like, they've they they're not the same people they were at 16 and they shouldn't be no and the authors put them through a lot of stuff so that they aren't and like they kind of find points of connection like they have shared experiences they kind of have bits of dynamic that come can come back but it's basically new people re-meeting right yeah and i feel like there's a bit of a complaint there where like okay so kagome has had to seek out her like satisfaction and like she's had a long-term relationship which maybe wasn't like quite ideal in the end but like you know yasha's life really sucked it's like i i kind of feel like you could have thrown him a bone so to speak him being a, a former <laughs> dog person like um pr- pretty shitty it's like 
I mean, I guess that's what kind of sets it up for it to be okay for him to abandon his life and come to the present, say, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, like the author was preoccupied with how crappy the past was and like how medical advancements, I, I think a, a big theme here too, and maybe it's working across purposes, but I think they synthesize it well enough is how medical science is important and how right. much it has helped us. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to do all of this in what is this, like 30,000 words or something? It's not very long. Yeah. Um, I totally got lost on my praise and complaints, but um, mm. that, that's okay. I thought, okay. for final praise, I think the writing itself is very strong in this story. I think there's lots of good bits, interesting pacing, not not only good in terms of solid, but also interesting in terms of like, oh, like, that's cool that like you're spending these paragraphs to do this and then you're shifting gears over here and then you're slowing back down and then you're like switching back to dialogue and then like, you know, just letting the letting the mood darken, but then making sure it lightens in between. Um, I, I and also just the word choice and the really good phrases a lot of the time. I thought it was well written. It's really well written. Also, it's 20,000, 21,000 words, including mm -hmm. that kind of short epilogue. So, yeah, right. not not super long. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot shorter than the series Inuyasha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, that is a point of praise. I, I had one of those um, not neurotypical moments where like, I, I looked at it, I was like, four, and my e-reader said like 45 minutes. 45 minutes, I can't spend that much time concentrating on that. I'm going to go play a 10-year-old game again <laughs> for three hours. <laughs> That's fair. We've all been there. W while listening to a podcast. <laughs> all right. Anything else before we close out? Uh, you're stinky. <laughs> they do talk about, you know, that pee is antiseptic and poop is germ-ridden. That's another conversation we didn't get to. I still, we urine don't is to. not <laughs> sterile. No, no, That's the sterile. only thing they, though, to be fair, I think that, um, not antiseptic, sterile, very, right? Very, yeah, it's a very common cultural myth. Well, so. the, the survival shows I've watched, they said it's sterile once it comes out. <laughs> but mm. if it sits, then it won't be. It's a lot, it's a lot more sterile than it's, the other one. Well, okay, they, they, were ta they were talking about drinking it, so I assumed they knew what they were talking about. <laughs> Right. Great. Yes. Fun. I, okay. I don't want to well, talk about I don't this. Know. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I'm wrong, but I have. I think both I sides are wrong in this one. <laughs> There's no winner in this one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this was episode 157, Dear God, of Retro Fanfic <laughs> Retrospective, Rebound by Christine Beatty. You can find it on fanfiction.net at the link that I'm going to provide in the show notes. I don't care. I don't, <laughs> uh, I don't, sorry, sorry. Sorry. Me information about, about pee. I don't, I don't actually care. <laughs> All you have to do is Google it. Say, it's not Sarah. End of story. Another thing that could not be done in Sengoku, Japan. <laughs> the intro song to the podcast is the weekly fare off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album. And you can find this album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. The podcast is edited by the true hero, Della Rose, whose great feats of podcast arms will not be remembered 20 years from now in the future when our podcast is but a myth that everyone has forgotten about. It will get shattered and re reconstructed several times, though. There you go. It's like, okay, we got to go find episode 46 again. <laughs> What was episode 46? You might have to. I don't know if I have those raws. <laughs> <laughs>
You can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. And if you have questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode, contact us on Twitter at Retrofanfic, Facebook at Retrofanfic, send us an email at retrofanficretrospective at gmail.com. You should probably do all three of those, really. Yeah, any other facts about urine being sterile or not right. being sterile, don't at me. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I already told you. Never mind. I can move on, I swear. <laughs> and you can leave comments or reviews on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast service you use to listen to our podcasts that we make. I'm Amato. I'm Tori. I'm Della. We're just three <laughs> Earth life forms trying to be nice to each other. Until next time, take care. <laughs> can't be the tone we end <laughs> You really hated that thing about the urine. <laughs> what? Like, we were done talking about you were just sliding the phone over. <laughs> well, it's important. <laughs> Don't drink your pee. I wasn't planning to. <laughs> I was planning to until you said that. I'll change my plans. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Save a life here. <laughs> We're heroes. <laughs> Just make sure to wash your hands. <laughs>